With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phoenix, aka I also hate Pitt, joined by This is Jeremy JM Phoenix. I'm here. Let's go, baby. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. You are listening to the Raspy Voice Kids podcast today. You are now tuned into the pop culture section. Pop, 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 pop. Hit you with it. We ready to drop. Steak 48. Stop. Oh, okay. I was going to keep rhyming. I was going to say, no, stop. No, 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 no rhyming. Steak 48. Jeremy Steak 48 allegedly put a sign outside that said, do not come in unless you are prepared to spend $100 per person. Per person, Jay. What do you think about Steak 48's new rule? If it's good, it's good, man. I've never had a problem with that. Like, I don't mind paying for it if it's worth it. What's, what the problem is, is when I go to Pittsburgh for Soko Soleil show with M. Tudor. Cirque <laughs> No, it was, it was before the Soko Soleil show. Uh, uh, <laughs> a certain female bailed on me at the last minute. I had to take my brother M to the M to the. So I went duded up front, front row, duded up. And uh, before we stopped at the steak spot, it was expensive. We both spent it was a hundred dollars a plate. But Name you know, the steak spot. Uh, I can't remember it. Oh, okay. Because it wasn't that good. Like I remember eating it, thinking I don't mind spending money for good things. It wasn't Ruth's Chris. It wasn't. It wasn't on point. It wasn't a point at all. If it's good, I don't mind spending the money. I don't want something that I buy that I can make at home on my own grill. My problem is the mandate. Why would you have a mandate that I had to spend $100 per person to dine there? If you're in demand, you're in demand. People don't do this for no reason. They probably had a long list. And they said, you know what? We want the most money we can. This is a money game. So then how do you ensure that? You put it on the mandate. When they don't reach $100, say, um... Excuse me. Do you want to order appetizer or a bottle of wine? Because you're only dessert. Dessert something. Something. Steak forty eight out here making a name for themselves. Because I be I got to be honest. I had never heard of Steak forty eight before today. So this to me is a great marketing plan at the very least. It's true. It's a great marketing plan because now true. not only am I aware of Steak forty eight, I am now interested in dining at Steak forty eight. Are you? you? You know that, son. Are you interested? Yeah, yeah. I'm interested, and I want to take a brawl with me. Okay. I, I want to take a woman with me. I want to take it with me and say, look, we come in here, $100 per plate. Ain't no faking, no fronting. This is a real deal. You know what the office says about that, but I'll tell you all. <laughs> <laughs> you know about them $100 plates. That's what Phyllis, <laughs> Phyllis and Stanley, in case y'all don't know, unless you, you know, it might be that you're not initiated. Phyllis and Stanley explained the date culture, but that's not what I'm saying. That's what they said. Yeah. That's what they said. The price of plates. Uh, in retrospect to, you know, the rest of the night. But yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I just now I'm intrigued by State 48. I want to know: Are you what you are selling? Are you what you are putting putting yourself out there as? It better be good. It, it better, has to be good. It, it, it has to be delicious because you can't do something like this if you weren't in demand. Now I want to say I used to, we used to do work for a sponsor, and uh, I went out to L.A. I went to Santa Monica. They rented me a Lamborghini. Santa Monica. Rented me a Lamborghini. Never thought I would hear somebody shout that out. Shout him out. What you got? What you got? Vans on? You don't remember that one? Oh, the no, Chappelle? You don't no. remember Chappelle was doing his... Chappelle was doing his thing. He's like, yeah, I was in Santa Monica. And somebody yelled from the ground, Santa Monica! <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, man, I never thought I'd hear black men yell out Santa Monica. What you got? Vans on? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but Santa Monica was a nice place. I'm going to tell you what. It was so nice that I'm in this Lambo. I think I'm stunting on people. This woman in the camera beside me is putting makeup on. She don't even look over. That's how Santa Monica is. So I ended up eating at Boa Steakhouse. Okay. I did not order any alcohol, any alcohol. I ordered this uh, surf and turf with truffle mashed potatoes and it's spending like $198 just on me by myself. Now, I didn't pay for none of it. Hey, you were a, you were a Lambo, though. I was in a Lambo. You know? I'm living my life. I saw Justin Timberlake. He gave me the don't come over here and talk to me look. Justin Timberlake? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. You making this up right now on the spot? No, I'm dead serious. I ain't never heard this story. Hey, fellas, I'm telling you, <laughs> if we were playing a card game, I'll have to call something out. Because <laughs> I ain't never heard this story. My point to you is it was worth every single penny. The meal was so delicious. It was worth every single penny. And uh, I wasn't mad at being in a Lambo. Because on my own, that would not have happened. Now, what kind of steak do you eat? Medium rare. Medium rare. Always. Okay. And I don't really care about the cut, to be honest with you. On, on, on Maximum, it says, medium rare says that you are a perfectionist who enjoys a perfect steak. If you want the most flavor and juices without excess of mooing, this is the way to go. Yeah. Medium rare. Medium. If you like a medium steak, you know what it talks about? If you, if you like a medium steak, it says you like things in moderation. You like to stay within your safe zone. You're mild-mannered and don't stray, stray too far from the popular choice. So... Those are two things. It doesn't go on. It doesn't go on with the, the, uh, well done and, and, you know, all the other stuff, but it does start talking about cuts. The filet mignon. What does it say about the filet? The filet. If you go out to dine and your, uh, choice of the litter or choice of your steak <laughs> is filet mignon, you're a quality over quantity type person. Got you. You appreciate the finer things. That makes sense. That makes sense. In this case, it's a smaller, uh, lean, tenderloin cut. It's also the best cut for those who like to lead a more healthy and balanced lifestyle. You know, the thicker, My the thing better. Is, if you're eating red meat, you ain't really that worried about your health or your lifestyle. The ribeye. By the way, my favorite cut, all steaks, ribeye. Sorry. Really? Medium, give me a medium, medium rare ribeye. It says this cut is the cheat day of steaks. Mm, no, no, nothing is lean about this cut. So you'll be getting a ribbons of delicious and flavorful fat. You're a carnival that values flavor and the concept of treat yourself. Treat yourself. So that's what's up with that. The New York Strip, if you find that you are a New York Strip type person, it says you're a simple and classic person that doesn't need the bells and whistle. It's a no-brainer. So... T-bone, if you go out and you need a T-bone, 
It says, unlike those who prefer, prefer the New York Strip, you embody the idea that bigger is indeed much better. Go big or go home. The, okay. qu- the quintessential dad steak. Fat and bones. T-bone? Yeah. Yeah. Fat and bones just don't deliver, d- deliver better flavor. They also insulate the meat. So, you know, depending on what steakhouse you go to, your steak does say something about you. Me, I'm a ribeye dude. Um, sometimes I do like dunking it. You know, they have, sometimes they have like certain juices you, you can yeah, dunk, yeah, dunk, yeah. Uh, dunk it in. But that, that flavorful fat that, uh, I don't know. It's just that, that, that's who I am. You ever had Wagayu? This Japanese steak? Like- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. No. No, what was it called? Wagayu steak. I've had Wagayu, um, the Wagayu cheeseburger from Red Lobster. Really? Yeah, yeah. They got a new, they got that new burger there. And by the way, it's like eleven ninety nine for the whole meal, oh, or maybe twelve ninety nine for the whole meal. You go to McDonald's and spell that, uh, spend that. So you might as well go to Red Lobster and get that Wagyu burger. Which, when I tell you, it was made medium rare, and it was on point and very soft and tender and juicy, and the and the, the bacon's on point. And they'll be look. You go to these fast food restaurants, they'd be breaking your uh, uh, bacon in half. There's two pieces. No, that's one piece broken in half. <laughs> Wagyu is $200 per pound. The rarest steak in the world, olive Wagyu, can cost anywhere from $120 to over $300 for a steak. I mean, you, you, you know how it goes. But if you look at it, it's marbled. It's got the... Real Jeremy. quick, there's, there's Louis Vuitton bags, and then there's... Uh, uh, what's it called? Time Times Square Louis Vuitton bags. Okay. Jamaica Avenue Louis Vuitton bags. So I'll say the burger at Red Lobster, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but that's what it's called. It's beef, it's not steak. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh that's yeah. The difference. Um, but it's on point. It's on point. It's actually really good. So if you now Jeremy and I have we have spoken. What about you? Steak forty eight, hundred dollars a plate per person. Are you in or are you out? Holla at the RBK. Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. Here we go again, five questions, which means me and my brother, I also hate Pitt, yeah. are going to give you five answers. Hey, Jordan, spit those five questions. I got five on them. Welcome back, RVK fans, and get ready for another segment of I Got Five on It. Let's get things started with the first blank. Luca's place in the NBA is blank. Luca Doncic is a young legend, young goat. First, to get the triple-doubles that he has at his age in the playoffs, I'm going to say that Luka Doncic's place in the NBA is young legend. I like that. Luka Doncic's place in the NBA is the future. He's the future. You talk about handing off things. Michael to Kobe. They didn't want to give it to Kobe. Kobe had to eventually take it. But But he uh, took it. And then after Kobe, it's LeBron. Don't LeBron get it. Don't, to KD? No, it's LeBron. Uh, they hate KD. LeBron took it the next level. Now I feel like 
the next person up that is going to be marketed, who's going to be the face of the NBA, like Kobe, like LeBron, like Jordan. Now, don't get it twisted. There are other players I feel like excel. Devin Booker from the Suns. Uh, Mitchell from the number one seed Utah Jazz. Yeah. I, I, there's other players who got game. Of but, all those people, give me, give me Luka. Okay. Zion? Oh, you take Luka over Zion? Yes. Okay. Luka can do it all. Over over R.J. Barrett? No, I'm joking. He's just, <laughs> he's a Nick. He's a Nick. That's why that was funny. Anyway. RBK and the Knicks forever. Yeah, forever. Over Giannis. You take, you take Luka over Giannis because yes. Giannis is young too. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you? You watch what he's doing to the L.A. Clippers who purposely dodged the L.A. the, the Lakers? The Bucks would smash Ma- the Mavericks for the record. In the series, I, I, I wish we could find out because yes. I do not feel that way. I, I strong, I, I'm leaning. Luca saying to Pat Beverly, "You're too cuss wording small." Yeah, no, no, Luca's ridiculous. Luca, my point is, he's the future. It doesn't matter what we all feel. It doesn't matter who's better. It doesn't matter. He's the future because when the NBA decides they want to ride with somebody, they ride. They with ride him. with him. Unfortunately for them, he's amazing. He's sick. He's a big guy who could do it all. He could pass. He could shoot. And and he's, he's it looks like he moves in slow motion, but it doesn't matter because you can't stop him. Luca's the future. Number two, Alec Manoa starting for the Blue Jays against the Yankees is blank. Big time. Only nine starts in the minor leagues, and the man is called up to start in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx in the boogie down. Alec Manoa is that dude. It's big time that Alec Manoa is going to be on the hill for the Blue Jays. That's right. Alec Manoa starting for the Blue Jays against the Evil Empire is sixth man of the year worthy. It could be. The Blue Jays are extremely talented. They just went through six losses. Why am I spitting these facts? Because a guy I work with loves baseball. <laughs> he schools me. Yeah. He schools me on it. Yeah. But they've lost six straight. They have too much talent to lose six straight. So what is Manoa doing? He's in here to be the sixth man. What's the sixth man supposed to do in basketball, Brandon? Stop the bleeding. Provide a spark. That's where bench. this great arm, this uh, Mr. Mr. Hulk, incredible Hulk, Alec Manoa is going to do. And against the Yankees, it couldn't, even, it couldn't be better. I, I'm so glad. Shout out to a friend of the show, Alec Manoa. Tonight is the night. Granted, by the time you guys listen to this, we, are, we will already know the results. But tonight's the night. So shout, shout to Alec. Number three. Speculation of mid-majors in college basketball refusing to play Power 5 teams is blank. I say reasonable because I don't want to say predictable because I didn't see this coming, but it makes sense. John Rothstein reported this and people are like sources, quote unquote sources. John Rothstein only spits out facts. He only spits out what he's hearing, what he's seeing, what he knows. And mid-majors are saying you're not going to poach our players because of the transfer portal. And it's reasonable that they're saying you're not going to get a firsthand look at what they can do and how they do it at our expense. So it's reasonable to me. I like it. I like it. Um, I think the answer in the blank I would put is the nation of Islam. <laughs> not the nation of domination. No. The nation of Islam. The nation of Islam. Because just like in the movie Malcolm X, before they assaulted slash assassinated um, Malcolm X, and I'm not saying mid-majors can do that to big-time programs, but the thing they screamed, do you remember what they screamed, Brandon? 
The guy stood up. You don't remember? Get your hand out my pocket. Get your hand out my pocket. That's what Mid Majors are saying to Power Five programs. Get your hand out my pocket. Get your hand out my pocket. They said, we aren't going to play you because we don't want you to have free scouting on our players so they can transfer to you in the transfer portal. Like I said, Nation of Islam, get your hand out my pocket. Get your hand. And Nation of Islam is not to be confused. It's a whole thing. You got to understand. It ain't the same. No. Go watch Denzel Washington's. Malcolm X. Spike Lee's Malcolm X. It's just Spike Lee's Malcolm X. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Get your hand out my pocket. Number four. I feel blank about our running back room. I feel good. Letty Brown is a star. He proved what he can do last year with an improved offensive line. I think the offensive line will be even better this year. And we've got a various Sparrow and some other guys behind him like Mathis. I believe that I should... And the rest of Mountaineer Nation should feel good about the running back room. I feel weary about it. Weary? I don't know. I'm not saying we can't do it. But I love Letty. Letty's a, a big-time hitter like he was last year. But there's times last year where he couldn't come out the game without a huge drop-off. So now, in the spring game, it looks like Mathis can fill in. A very Sparrow looks like he can do something. But I need to see it on the field. Because we can't have the same thing that we had last year where Letty had had to stay on the field and play almost every snap. So I'm I'm still wary. I, I need to see in a real game. Yes, you look good in the spring game. Hey, guess what? Spring game is a real football. <laughs> Sorry for you. Sorry for your luck. So, so we'll check it out. I'm a little weary right now. I think Mathis has the ability. I really think he's going to step up and be the number two, and we're going to be all right. But until I see it, I'm a little... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Number five. Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship at the age of 50 made me feel blank. Nostalgic. I miss the days of Phil going at Tiger, Tiger going at Phil. The renaissance of golf for the modern day age. I miss it. And it made me feel nostalgic. I was happy for Phil. I was proud of Phil. It was really, really a wonderful thing for golf. The resurgence of Phil Mickelson, the resurgence of Tiger Woods. But overall, it was nostalgia. I felt very Michigan. Ooh. You know why I felt Michigan, Brandon? No. Michigan's a great program. Michigan mm. would Michigan's a great program. Michigan if, was. If you look at all their national championships, if you look at their Heisman trophies, if you Michigan, look at their wins. Michigan was a great program. And was. Michigan Thank and you. Michigan Michigan is a top fifteen program of all time, no question. They're a top five program of all time. But Michigan is only relevant because they're Ohio State's rival they're only relevant on the level in which they are because they're ohio state's rival you mean current day current day that i don't think people get that ohio state is a much bigger institution than michigan could ever be like ohio state is the draw ohio state is the one who pulls the money in yeah michigan is elevated because they're rivals with ohio state that's why i feel about phil mickelson phil mickelson is one of the best golfers of all time he's yeah. going down top 10, top 15. But, Shout out to Lefty. But his whole status is elevated because at the most critical time in golf, he was pitted as Tiger the Woods' rival. thing to a rival. To Tiger Woods. Yeah. So he becomes more relevant. So when I watch it, hey, hats off, props to you, but you're Michigan. I don't know. That feels a little hating, but it feels a little. It's not hating, but I feel like it's not fair to Phil either. But it's very accurate. Phil won without Tiger. Tiger's not on the golf course. Michigan doesn't win anything anymore. Okay. All right. I hear what you had to say. So, 
But if you're Michigan to me, that's my feelings. Let us know. <laughs> did I, did we get it right? Am I off? Am I wrong about Phil? Get your hand out my pocket. Let us know. Rat me, boys. How many times did I tell you before it finally got through? You lose. You lose. So keep your love locked down. Time for Mountaineer Roundup. Get your lassos ready. As JMP likes to say, this is your boy Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. Joined by Jeremy J.M. Phoenix in the building. We are talking about all things Mountaineers. And Jeremy, right now there's nothing bigger than what Alec Manoa is doing coming up from the majors to get his first start in the major leagues against the Yankees in the Bronx. What do you think about that, Jay? The Boogie Town Bronx. Hey, as a Mountaineer fan, we've seen this coming. We saw what he did at the mound under Coach Maisie in a Mountaineer uniform. We knew this dude could ball. But when it comes to West Virginia and professional sports, sometimes we don't hit the mark. Got that right. But it seems like in baseball we hit it more often than not. John Means represent. Jed Jerko represent. Amen. John Means throwing a no-no. Um, so here he is. He has his opportunity. Once again, like we said, in the, oh, I got five on it. He's there to stop the bleeding, the six-game losing streak. Um, he's a top-pitching prospect. Dude, I'm pumped for it. It's Wednesday night. So, I mean, it's Wednesday night now. You'll hear this Thursday morning. So you will know how he actually did. But... How could you not be pumped for this? I'm so excited. Debuting against the Evil Empire? I can't wait to see it. Yeah, man. He did some big things to earn it, though, in the well, minors. Well, I think about this. He's not been in the minors very long. Only nine starts in the minors, and now he's up to the majors. That's a big deal, showing that he was overpowering his competition. He's ready for the show. In his last three games, he's given up one run, seven hits, and three walks. He struck out 27 of 66 batters that he's faced in 18 innings in the last three games. This dude is a monster. He's a dog. He is a problem. If the Yankees are a goon, what's a goon to a goblin? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You ain't scared, right? Nothing. So, <laughs> Manoa on the mound. That's big for West Virginia. We love to see it. Friend of the show. Always shows love. We want to talk about that. We also, Brandon... Now, you brought this up. I don't know how I missed it. What's up with uh, Culver's... Uh, what, what did Culver say? What, what was his comment? Derek Culver talked about his time at WVU. One of the things he said was that he wishes or that he will from now on go hard at all times. Uh, exactly. Uh, what? Basically saying that he, at the end of the season, did not go hard at all times. Like a lot of people called him out on. Now, one of the things he did say was that he got in his own head, that he was not focused, but basically that will not happen anymore. What do you make of that, Jay? Um, I've always liked Culver. You know, I do I think he's the best big man we ever had? No. No. But I've always liked Culver. But that question uh, kind of pisses me off, to be honest with you. <laughs> because what? Wait, whoa, whoa, what? You, you ain't going to just go on like you didn't say what you just said. We're trying to win a national championship, but you weren't going hard? And now you say it'll never happen again. Do you know who people who say it'll never happen again? People are trying to get something. Exactly. And he's trying to get an NBA Manip- contract. Manipulators. Manipulators. And you're trying to get an NBA contract. I'm not saying that's what he's doing. I'm just saying that's what it reminds me of. Oh, baby, baby, that was the last time. I'll never. Oh, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. At work. I saw so, so, TikTok. So, so now you're trying to get on an NBA team and get drafted or go overseas. And you're saying 
No, no, no. We're not. The the age old that everybody knows this. Actions speak louder than words. Way louder. And you've had plenty of time to show who you are on the court. I'm not saying he can't grow. I'm not saying he can't mature. But just saying it, first of all, is a bad look, my dude. And the second point is your actions say other. Now, hopefully you prove something else, but. I heard what you said, but I see how you coming. Amen. The other thing I'll say about that is Derek Hover also said that people are going to be surprised by his jump shot. I, I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> you did hear I, that? I, yeah, I forgot. I did hear that. He was that talking, He was talking about Julius Randle. He said he wants to be a stretch four like Julius Randle. Now, I will say Julius Randle is the NBA's most improved player, meaning that he did grow, he did mature. But Julius Randle and Derek Culver do not belong in the same sentence. And you know what? Bebe, uh, the time for us to see you expand and do things was um against Syracuse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what they go? What, what are we supposed to do now with that? Okay. What are we supposed to do now? I'm not. You it's know, all messed up now. You know. I mean, I like Culver, but to hear that you were playing as hard as you can, wait, what? What? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a little crazy for me. It was a little crazy for me, you know, talk, talking out the side of their mouth. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hopefully he's truthful. I hope he gets that money, and I hope he represents West Virginia well. But that don't do nothing for last year and for me. I feel the same way. But what could do something for us, and you talk about players coming back. Now, granted, we talked about this last week. We won't know officially till June or July. Whether the, well, I can't remember which one it is. July. Whether these players are coming back. But well, July is the deadline. But your speculation, Brandon, tell me what you think. I think Deuce is gone. I think he's a fool to not go. His lowest projections are second round. Now, JC had more first round uh, prognosis, prognostications. Uh, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But he had more first-round projections than Deuce does. Did he? But he ended up being a second-round pick, a late second-round pick. Yeah. But I still think Deuce is gone. Everything that Deuce posts says NBA draft, pre-NBA draft, NBA draft preparation, I think he's gone. Okay. What about the rest of the cast? cast. Sean McNeil, I think, is back. Taz might be bound for Europe. But if I was going to guess what would be best – I would say Taz and Sean are both back in the gold and blue next year. Okay. Because I don't know where, where, where this is going. Like, so, so Deuce is Deuce, and everybody kind of keeps up with Deuce and where he's supposed to be coming or going, and everybody's talking about it. The main thing for me is I haven't heard nothing out of Taz and Sean. You know? I've seen them on Instagram posting their preparations for the draft. Kind of like Deuce. Yeah, but without the same speculation. Okay. All right. I, I hear what you're saying. I really don't know what's going to happen. I think it's big for West Virginia basketball because, as I've told you before, Huggins is almost done. I really felt like if McBride went pro, Huggins would have been done. But he got a couple of transfers in there. I know he wants to win a championship. But we're on our last leg. And, and I feel like if all three of them leave, I, I just – I don't know. Maybe it's a hot take, but I just can't – I don't know. Is Huggins going to – Coach another rebuilding team? Does he have that kind of energy? I think he does. If all three of them leave? I think he does. I don't think all three of them leave. I'm just saying if. I think he does. I don't know. Maybe that drive to win that national championship, you know, it's big time. It really is big time. But I don't know, man. That's all I got for West Virginia Roundup. You That's got anything got? else? No, nah, nothing. Okay. I mean, football, we got a commitment from a from a transfer. 
Juco. No, not Juco. Uh, uh, FCS. FCS transfer. But I'm not excited by it. Got to be honest. And the fact that it's another defensive back. I keep hearing defensive backs. Are We We needed some depth in the secondary. So I'm glad about the depth in the secondary. But as far as impact, I don't know. I don't know either. So that's it. RBK, we're out on Mountaineer Roundup. Holla at you, boys. Sports Social Podcast Network.